getting started. Here's your first coaching tip. Don't begin until you've learned how to use it to your advantage. You'll only end up thinking everything applies to you in equal proportions when in fact, probably doing better than you think. I'm always surprised when a woman tells me, I make every mistake you listed. You know how women can be, you know, more critical of ourselves than necessary and reluctant to take credit where it's due. When I coach women, I often tell them that changing behavior is much easier if they can understand where it comes from and what purpose it serves. All behavior serves a purpose. Take a few minutes now to understand what purpose yours serves. From the outset, I want you to know, and even more important, believe that the mistakes impeding you from reaching your career goals or potential don't happen because you're stupid or incompetent, although others might want to make you think so. You were simply acting in ways consistent with your socialization or in response to cultural expectations. Beyond girlhood, no one ever tells us that acting differently is an option, so we don't. Whether it's because we are explicitly discouraged from doing so, because social messages inform our behavior, or because we are unaware of the alternatives, we often fail to develop a repertoire of women-appropriate behaviors. Why do smart, capable women act in ways detrimental to their career mobility, not to mention mental health? During my career working with literally thousands of professional men and women and comparing their behaviors, I found the answer to that question through inquiry and study. From early childhood, girls are taught that their well-being and ultimate success are contingent upon acting in certain stereotypical ways, such as being polite, soft-spoken, compliant, and relationship-oriented. Throughout their lifetimes, this is reinforced through media, family, and social messages. It's not that women consciously act in self-sabotaging ways, they simply act in ways consistent with their learning experiences. Even women who proclaim to have gotten the right messages in childhood from parents who encouraged them to achieve their full potential by becoming anything they want to be fined, that when they enter the real world, all bets are off. This is particularly true for many African-American women who grew up with strong mothers. Whether by example or encouragement, if a woman exhibits confidence and courage on a par with a man, she is often accused of being that dreaded B-word. Attempts to act counter to social stereotypes are frequently met with ridicule, disapproval, and scorn. Whether it was mom's message, boys don't like girls who are too loud, or in response to an angry outburst, a spouse's message, what's the matter? Is it that time of the month? Women are continually bombarded with negative reinforcement for acting in any manner contrary to what they were taught in childhood. As a result, they learn that acting like a nice girl is less painful than assuming behaviors more appropriate for adult women and totally acceptable for boys and adult men. In short, women wind up acting like little girls even after they're grown up. Now. Is this to say gender bias no longer exists in the workplace? Not at all. The statistics at the beginning of this introduction speak for themselves. 
Additionally, women are more likely to be overlooked for developmental assignments and promotions to senior levels of an organization. Research shows that on performance evaluation ratings, women consistently score less favorably than men. These are the realities. But after all these years, I continue to go to the place of, so what? We can rationalize, defend, and bemoan these facts, or we can acknowledge that these are the realities within which we must work. Rationalizing, defending, and bemoaning won't get us where we want to be. They become excuses for staying where we are. Although there are plenty of mistakes made by both men and women that hold them back, there are a unique set of mistakes made predominantly by women. Whether I'm working in Jakarta, Oslo, Prague, Frankfurt, Trinidad, or Houston, I'm amazed to watch women across cultures make the same mistakes at work. They may be more exaggerated in Hong Kong than in Los Angeles, but they are variations of the same theme. And I know these are mistakes because once women address them and begin to act differently, their career paths take wonderful turns they never thought possible. So why do women stay in the place of girlhood long after it's productive for them? One reason is because we've been taught that acting like a nice girl, even when we're grown up, isn't such a bad thing. Girls get taken care of in ways boys don't. Girls aren't expected to fend for or take care of themselves. Others do that for them. Sugar and spice and everything nice, that's what little girls are made of. Who doesn't want to be everything nice? People like girls. Men want to protect you. Cuddly or sweet, tall or tan, girls don't ask for much. They're nice to be around and they're nice to have around. Sort of like pets. Being a girl is certainly easier than being a woman. Girls don't have to take responsibility for their destiny. Their choices are limited by a narrowly defined scope of expectations. And here's another reason why we continue to exhibit the behaviors learned in childhood, even when at some level, we know they are holding us back. We can't see beyond the boundaries that have traditionally circumscribed the parameters of our influence. It's dangerous to go out of bounds. When you do, you get accused of trying to act like men or being bitchy. All in all, it's easier to behave in socially acceptable ways. This might also be a good time to dispel the myth that overcoming the nice girl syndrome means you have to be mean and nasty. It's the question I am asked most often in interviews. Some women have even told me they didn't buy the book because they assumed from the title that it must contain suggestions for how to be more like a man. Nothing could be further from the truth. If I've said it once, I've said it literally 500 times in the last 10 years. Nice is necessary for success. It's simply not sufficient. If you over-rely on being nice to the exclusion of developing complementary behaviors, you will never achieve your adult goals. This book will help you to expand your toolkit so that you have a wider variety of responses on which to draw. When we live lives circumscribed by the expectations of others, we live limited lives. What does it really mean to live our lives as girls rather than women? It means we choose behaviors consistent with those that are expected of us rather than those that move us toward fulfillment and self-actualization. Rather than live consciously, we live reactively. 
Although we mature physically, we never really mature emotionally. And while this may allow us momentary relief from real-world dilemmas, it never allows us to be fully in control of our destinies. Missed opportunities for career-furthering assignments or promotions arise from acting like the nice little girl you were taught to be in childhood. Being reluctant to showcase your capabilities, feeling hesitant to speak in meetings, and working so hard that you forget to build the relationships necessary for long-term success. I've observed these behaviors magnified in workshops at which men and women are the participants. My work in corporations has allowed me to facilitate both workshops for only women and leadership development programs for mixed groups within the same company. Even women whom I've seen act assertively in a group of other women become more passive, compliant, and reticent to speak in a mixed group. When men are around, we dumb down or try to become invisible so as not to incur their wrath.